chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who had built the house had more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Now, we have already seen that Jesus is superior to the prophets and angels. Now we see in this passage that Jesus is superior to Moses. The Apostle Paul presents Jesus as the Apostle and high priest of our profession to the Hebrew believers. He tells them to consider him. In other words, let's take a good look at the one and only Jesus Christ. Jesus was faithful to God the Father in that he came to earth and represented God to man. He is faithful as he represents us to God the Father. In comparison, Moses was also faithful in all his house. But here lies the difference between Jesus and Moses. Now, keep in mind, Paul is addressing this letter to the Jews. Yes, Moses was faithful in God's house, but the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who built the house. He is the creator. Moses is a creature. Jesus is the potter and Moses the clay. Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant. Jesus is superior because he is faithful over his house as the son of God. There is a major difference between the son in the house and a servant in a house. So Jesus Christ is superior to Moses on two counts here. Number one, Jesus is the creator. And number two, he is the son. Verse 6 reads again, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Now, the correct rendering of the word if is since. Because we are Christ's house, we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope, the hope of being just like him when he returns. And we rejoice of this hope firm unto the end. Oh, I like that. All right, let's look at verses 7 through 11. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Now the phrase, today if you will hear his voice, begins the quotation from Psalms 95, verses 7 through 11. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 11 in, in, in interprets this portion of Psalm 95. And Israel is given to us as 
an example. For 40 years, the children of Israel doubted God. And because of their unbelief, they did not enter the land of Canaan. The children of Israel that doubted God for 40 years in the wilderness missed out on the blessings of Canaan. My God. All right, let's look at verses 12 through 14. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of what? Of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Now, Paul is primarily warning the Hebrew believers not to miss their blessings on the account of the deceitfulness of sin, which is unbelief. Faith is the thing that moves God, and without it, it is impossible to please him. It is our duty to please God. In order to please him, we must believe what he says. It's just that simple. We must believe his word. He wants us to hearken to his voice alone. He tells the Hebrew believers that since they are made partakers of Christ, they have the responsibility to keep believing in God. They were to see to it that they did not operate like their fellow brethren who failed God in the wilderness because of unbelief. All right, let's look at verse number 15. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Now, the quotation concludes with a quotation from Psalm 95, which we have already seen in verses 7 and 8. Apparently, he repeats it to let every reader know that these truths are not for yesterday only, but for us today. The children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of unbelief and did not enjoy the major blessings God had in store for them in Canaan. The same holds true today. Many of God's people are living defeated lives simply because they really don't believe. It's one thing to believe God for, for salvation, but after you are saved, you must trust him for daily living, for the help, wisdom, and the strength that we need to live the Christian life. God wants us to enjoy the very best he has in store for us. All right, let's look at verses 16 through 19. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, how bet not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they shall not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in. Why? Because of unbelief. Now, in the word provoke is the thought of God being very displeased with the majority of them because they had heard him, but they did not believe. They had, they had enough of faith to come out of Egypt, but for many, that was as far as it went. Now, notice that not all of the ones that came out of Egypt didn't believe. We know for sure at least two did believe, and they are Joshua and Caleb. We see in this passage that doubting God's word is a serious sin. It is one of the worst because it leads to other sins. For these Israelites in the wilderness, it led to calf worship, it led to fornication, and it led to them desiring to return back to Egypt because they felt like life was better as a slave in Egypt versus walking by faith all the way to the promised land. 
Unbelief kept them from entering into his rest, the land of Canaan, flowing with milk and honey. Unbelief kept them from God's best for them while on earth. And unbelief will rob us if we are not careful of God's best for us while we are on this earth.